Do you want to go and cry? You know, every time we start the podcast and we don't know how to start, you just bully me until, <laughs> <laughs> until, until something comes out and then, and then we kick off. Welcome back to another episode of Single Girl Season. How are we doing this week? We are doing okay. Nursing a hangover. I say 10 days later. <laughs> yeah. She goes out once this week and she's flat dead for the rest of it. I don't know what it is about drinking now, but I need at least two to three business days to recover. I know. You but can't need- even go to a movie after a day of drinking. <laughs> I Look. Was, I was like, I'm not going to hold it against you, but I see you. Now that I've ended my mid-20s, long gone for the days where I can party. <laughs> She's not a party girl anymore, guys. Financially, socially, <laughs> mentally, spiritually, I can't drink anymore. I can't do it, guys. I just feel so tired all the time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know how you're going to manage next week. Side note, we are going to a Beyonce Renaissance tribute night. Yes. I mean, has she booked Australia? No, she, no, she has hasn't. not. So what do we have to do? <laughs> we make our own Renaissance party. We have to go to a teenage party on the back streets of Melbourne. Do you think it's going to be teenagers then? I don't know. Where is it at? It's in the city. That's okay. We'll have fun. Yeah, we'll have fun. It'll be fun, just the yeah. three of us. We've got to start prepping our outfits. Slay. Sparkles, um, diamonds. Our friend is also coming along with us and she showed me her outfit today and it's a black dress and on top of it is a black see-through crystal like mesh oh gorgeous so it's very renaissance oh my god i need to get organizing yeah i will say wearing mesh (laughs) mesh is the theme yeah it looks like diamante (laughs) crystals expensive swarovski but it's not guys (laughs) nobody's gonna know (laughs) how will they know um amazing so hopefully by next week i will have recovered yeah mentally spiritually physically financially for the ten dollar ticket, <laughs> we will never financially recover. Um, in other news, I'm also dog sitting for my mom. She's gone on holiday, so yes. I am, you know, a single mother of two. Of two. <laughs> and a, you, your kids don't get along. Yeah, I've got. Look, okay, I've been gaslit my whole life into thinking I was a dog person. <laughs> okay. Oh wow! Jumping and, straight into the trauma. <laughs> Like, I've grown up with dogs my whole life, and I always thought I was a dog person. Yeah. But I moved out. I'm in my own little apartment, and I have a cat. Of course, I can't fit a massive dog in that apartment. And my life has changed. She is my child, and I love her with my whole heart and soul. Sometimes you're her child. (laughs) Yeah, we're still um, fighting for that hierarchy of who is actually the boss of the house. When I come over, I know I'm at the bottom of the food chain. I know know that her cat's name is Keeks. She's on top of me. She can uh, sense fear. So... (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so I've got this dog. I've got my mum's dog in the house, and like... I just, it's so much energy. Like, I'm hungover, guys, as we mentioned before, five days later. And me and my cat, we just like to lounge all day. She likes to have naps. She likes to be dramatic and take naps, sunbake. And we just chill all day. We watch seven episodes of Love Island and we're all Gucci. This dog will not leave me alone for one second licking my knee. <laughs> I don't know what's up with this dog and licking knees. And just in my face all the time from the moment I wake up. And it's just like... Yeah. I can't go outside. I can't be around people. I can't be walking you. 
Also, when your voice is slightly elevated, the dog Bruno is his name. He'll start to whimper. Yeah, he had he had a troubled childhood. Okay. <laughs> so if you just speak with a slightly elevated tone, like I was retelling you a story at your yeah. house, and Bruno was like, oh. <laughs> "What was he like?" I don't know how to make dog noises, uh, but he was whimpering. Yeah. You know what? I was singing a Taylor Swift vault song from her new album really dramatically, as you do, as you have to, and. Bruno started crying and I was like, can a girl live? And then you know what the thing about dog, having a dog is that you have to hang around dog people at the dog park Mm. and they're cat people. See, we are nocturnal. We stay inside. We stay under the bed. We stay antisocial. Yes. These dog people. Dog people are different. They'll come up and talk to you. I had to take my headphones out (laughs) on the walk and I was not ready for that. I'm not in any position in my life to have looking after another living being. <laughs> I have my plants and that's... And you we, do a good job of those plants. We are thriving in our little space. We just need natural sunlight. You know what? I'm surprised you're not allergic to plants as well. You I do know. have a long list of allergies. I know. I know. And Kix thrives on knowing about my allergies. She will climb on my chest. <laughs> she will look me directly in my eyes. I'm the captain now. <laughs> she can smell those antibodies. <laughs> And she's like, you know what? <laughs> Sometimes I'll go over to Lucy's house and she'll hear me in the bathroom taking a deep breath from my asthma pump. Oh my like, god! Oh, I'll just go to the bathroom, but she hears. Yeah, <laughs> asthma galleys unite. But don't Stay hide. You day. can just do it out in the open living room. Kigo will probably attack you. Actually, no. <laughs> she can't see my weaknesses. She can sense my fear, but she can't see my weaknesses. See, that's what I've seen on TikTok is the difference between cat and dog people is that people who love dogs, what, you just love an animal that is devotedly loyal to you for absolutely no reason. Whereas a cat, you have to earn that respect. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, say less. I used to be a cat person when I was a kid, but just allergies. Yeah. I'm not able to be around them. And (laughs) trauma. And trauma, but we won't get into the trauma. What's an episode of Single Girl Season without mentioning trauma? <laughs> it's not one. It doesn't exist. I think every episode we dip our toe in that trauma pool. Yeah, keep, try and keep it light for the galleys. Yeah. <laughs> All right, girls. So We digress. We digress. <laughs> you know you say that quite a lot. <laughs> you know what? Print it on a t-shirt. It's a menu catchphrase. <laughs> we digress. Interesting. Gorge. Um... This week, we are talking about how to maintain friendships uh, throughout different seasons of your life. So the ups, the downs, the good, the bad, and just the neutral points where not much is going on for you. Definitely. (laughs) (laughs) And scene. That's all, guys. We're done for the day. (laughs) I think it's such an interesting topic because obviously now that we're out of university or high school... Everyone is going in all different directions in life, especially as a female, I find that, you know, there was a path that used to be laid out for us to like have kids or like what's normal, getting married and whatnot. But now, the conventional route. Yeah, Yeah. it's a lot more fluid. But, you know, there's still those society expectations deep down. Yeah. And I think sometimes we put them on ourselves. Yeah. Um, we're like, am I getting to an age where I should be thinking about kids? Oh, 100%. And I also hate when people talk about the female biological clock. I hate that conversation. I'm like, there are so many options available in today's day and age. If you do want to have kids and go down that route, 
that start putting a watch and a time clock on women and their choices because we have infinite possibilities. Mm, mm-hmm. And because of those infinite possibilities, I mean, we're catching friends not all on the exact same path as us. Yeah. Yeah. It's been interesting to see some of my friends choose a more conservative route. Um, it's, yeah, it's been strange just to see the different paths that we've all been on. Um, you know, I've had this girl, she was a party girl from Thursday to Sunday. She was out every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always knew that if I wanted to go out, I could go out with her. And she met someone and now she's a stay at home mom. And, you know, all her stories now are about her kids and stuff. And it's just crazy to like see that 180 switch. Yeah, it's like that episode of Sex in the City. Yeah. <laughs> It's definitely hard to relate to those. Yeah. yeah, it's it's interesting. I don't really have too many in my immediate circle who are really that different from me at the moment. We're all kind of, you know, some do have long-term relationships, mm-hmm. but it's all still quite career-focused at the moment. Yeah. Um, in saying that, people I went to high school on my social medias, for some reason we all still have each other. Like this random guy I spoke to once in year seven. Why are we still Instagram friends? When do we do a cleanse of Instagram? <laughs> but they're having kids and it's just wild to think that you were running around in PE class with them and now they're like yeah, mothers. A hundred percent. Yeah. And, and like when I look at myself, I'm like, I'm nowhere near a place in my life that I can look I'm after a baby. a baby or a child, like financially, mentally, you know, being switched on 24 seven for a human being. Um, yeah. That's not where I'm at in my life. Have so. you also seen that um, thing on TikTok? I'm sure there's some scientific evidence somewhere in there, but it, the, what was it called? Like the COVID pause? Yes. The pandemic pause. Oh, the pandemic pause. Yes. Yes. I've seen that. Yeah. So the age we entered the pandemic in is the age you mentally stayed, apparently. Well, it's the same age that we've come out in mentally. So the pandemic, even though technically COVID is still around, but Mm. the pandemic pause went on for three years. So you go in at a certain age and then you come out and you're still mentally at that age. So although you see people the same age as you doing what you would call big life moves and changes, you're still like, what's going on? Mm. Because you're mentally still in a place that you were three years ago because you feel like the pandemic took three years of your life. So you like mentally want to make up for it and still be in those same spaces. Yeah, for sure. I did see that. Yeah. Yeah. And it is relatable. Yeah. So how do we maneuver these friendships that are kind of in, I guess, another season? Well, there are a few different kinds of seasons. Sometimes people get into long-term relationships. They have career changes. They have sickness or whatnot in the family, long-distance friendships. Um, So it's about what kind of connection you have to these people and how you can maintain those. Mm -hmm. Um, For example, one of my close friends, she lived in New Zealand for quite, um, I think, about four or five years. And um, we were in uni together and we were so incredibly close. And when she went overseas, we did maintain contact with each other. And we did try to have at least twice that we saw each other while she was away. I went to New Zealand to see her. We met up in Bali. Um, And even though we didn't speak every day, we did try to at least have like a monthly phone call or like chats along the way. Anything comes up, we tell each other just to still hold on to that connection. Mm. Um, And I'm happy to say that she's come back and it feels like we've, picked up right where we left off yeah. like there's been no awkwardness nothing but it was because we maintained communication yeah 
And I think that kind of brings up an important point is that you both have to be willing to put in the work. Yes, exactly. And if someone doesn't want to, that's done. Yeah. And I feel like you need to be secure in your friendship to know that, okay, well, we haven't spoken in a few weeks or in a month. Um, Does that mean we're no longer friends? No, it's just that, you know, life thing comes up, working, studying, family, whatever it is. So I think we were both secure enough in our friendship with each other to know that if we don't speak for a month or whatever, that's okay. Mm -hmm. Um, And when we did speak, we caught up on everything and it was a very honest conversation and um, we were able to maintain that communication and our friendship was nurtured on both ends. Yeah. I guess in that period of time, did you ever feel insecure in the friendship? I never felt insecure with her. Yeah. And I, yeah, looking back, I think she's one of the few friends that I've had that I've never felt insecure Mm. with. Yeah, for sure. So I think with people in different stages of life or different seasons of their life, if you are feeling insecure or a bit worried or uncomfortable or whatever you Mm. are, to communicate those issues instead of bottling them up. It's funny because with this long distance friend, I've known her, I want to say for about almost 10 years. Um, and I've never felt a moment of insecurity about our Mm. friendship, but the housemates that I had that I was living with for six years, um, and we were very close, I was insecure in those friendships. Mm. So distance doesn't equate to insecurities. It's just how you feel in that relationship with that person because friendships are a form of relationship. Yeah. You know, so how do you feel in that space with them? In terms of people in different seasons i feel like you and your housemates weren't in different seasons you were just incompatible as friends probably i think there was a point where you know looking back now i can see a lot of the red flags that i missed in our friendship that's you know i'm not gonna say that and i can't say in all good faith sitting here today that we didn't have good times Mm. because we did have good Mm -hmm. times together um and i think that towards the end and towards the big blowouts that happened towards the end um i definitely felt like i outgrew that friendship to a mm-hmm. point which is now probably why i can look back in hindsight's 2020 and i can see all of these red flags that are coming up yeah um but we were probably incompatible to begin with For sure. i think the proximity of us being housemates made us friends um same university same house for six years so yeah i love it what kind of seasons have you felt in terms of you and your friendships? I haven't really, I don't, um, okay. So I guess in terms of what I put into friendships is that sometimes I get the feedback when my friends are feeling insecure that I don't reach out enough and they're always comfortable to voice that, but it's also making them understand that potentially we've got to meet each other halfway and that we're not, you know, in high school, we're not on our phones all day. Like, I'm not going to be chatting to you all day, every day kind yeah. of energy. It's just like, this is kind of what I do online. This is how I act and I'm trying my best, but it might not be able to answer all your calls like 24-7. Yeah. Um, so I think just understanding that people have lives that are busy, if they have kids, if they have, you know, full-time jobs in the office, it's just a bit harder mm. to maintain the se- same level of communication yeah. you had at the start of your friendship. I think so. I think, um, like, in all honesty, when you were working from home versus the new job you mm. have now, um, now you're so much more busier and your, like, work is a lot more sociable, whereas yeah. before you were working remotely and it wasn't as busy. I did feel like a little bit of a dip in our communication, um, which I did tell you, I was like, uh, what's going on? <laughs> what's this little every day you're like are you angry at me are you angry at me 
Um, but I've come to know about you that if you ever do have an issue or something's come up for you, you you're happy to voice that and yeah. have a conversation. So I have to take like my own insecurities about previous friendships and not let that mm. bleed on to others. Mm. Um, so I'm now comfortable with the fact that look, if Lucy's upset, she has no issues. <laughs> She's a fire sign. She has no issues to be like, okay, <laughs> let's go, <laughs> rumble round, run one. <laughs> so there's no issues with the comes to that but um what are some of the things that you look for in your friendships that help you feel secure in them like what makes you feel secure in your friendships with people that's a hard question because i feel like insecurities in friendships have never really been an issue for me mm. for me <laughs> i don't know i just feel like i don't know how to explain it but i feel like i have I prefer to put a few, like all my energy into a few friendships yeah. instead of a lot of friendships. So yeah. I feel like the friendships that have actually focused on and nurtured, I feel like they're amazing and they're the strongest, you know, and I've never felt insecure. Yeah. And I feel like because I, you know, as you were saying, I'm quite like a blunt person with my issues and quite upfront if I have an issue. I feel like I've surrounded myself with people who are similar I or understand that. that. <laughs> yeah. um, so we're more the type of people who will like bully you to your face and then but like not bitch about you behind your back kind of energy so I've never felt insecure with people and if I ever got an off feeling I was never worried about cutting people off you know what I mean um so yeah I don't in terms of feeling insecure I don't feel insecure in my friendships but I feel like with people in different seasons of my life I have trouble relating to them yeah And if you can't relate on a day-to-day of what you're doing with your friends, like how are you meant to have a conversation with them consistently? Yeah, I get that. How do you like maintain your friends who are at different... Because you've got friends getting married, having babies. You're going to the baby showers. (laughs) I do feel like um, our friendship groups are quite different because I feel like I've known now a few people getting married. I'm going to another wedding in um, January. Um, I think one of the biggest things for me is spending quality time with people that I'm friends with that I do want to make that effort and put that effort in. Um, so quality time for me with my friendships helped me feel safe in them. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my best friends I've had, she's an OG for me. Um, she lived three hours away out of Melbourne for a job. She lived in rural Victoria on the border of New South Wales. Um, and it meant a lot to me and I knew it meant a lot to her. Oh, it meant a lot to her for us to maintain our friendship and to see each other and to spend that weekend together. So I made an effort in to go see her when I could drive down. And when she came up here, she made an effort to see me and to see the people that she cared about. Um, So spending quality time with the people that I care about helps me feel secure in my relationships with them. Yeah. Um, And I've noticed now since coming out of bad relationships with friends is that upfront honesty and I think I learned a lot of that from you and the girls that you've introduced me to no but for real like when I watched you this is not (laughs) guys (laughs) I can't talk about you without you being so awkward speak to a therapist about that okay I'll add it to the list of things I need to add back to my therapist but when I've what I have noticed through you and through the girls that you've introduced me to is that honesty that you can have with someone and that banter and that bluntness without being rude mm. um, and that you do feel secure in those relationships. And I value that so much more than having to have to guess, uh, was that a switch up in mood? Was that a switch up in tone, mm. um, passive aggressive behavior? Because I was used to passive aggressiveness quite a lot from previous friendships. Yeah. So having that switch around and being really upfront and honest with the friendships I have now 
it goes such a long way and I'm so much for more sure. appreciative of that. Yes, for yeah. sure. I think how because obviously our weekends look a lot different to a few of our friends so for example we're going to renaissance we're getting sparkly cowboy hats and wearing (laughs) see-through tops with a mesh bra underneath and we've our friends are at home with a baby um or getting married or planning their wedding yeah it's sometimes i struggle to i guess put the same energy i put into my single friends or Mm. the people who are similar in similar life phases as me and I kind of put them on the back burner, as bad as that sounds. But yeah. it's just not – it's hard to kind of – like, I'm not trying to be rude, but no, having babies – I'm guilty of that too. I'm guilty of that too. Um, I have a couple of friends who have, ki- like, a kid um, and they're married. And just their life has completely changed to how I knew them as a single person. Um, and I think that their priorities have changed too. It's shifted. Um, and I've noticed that in some of my relationships with these people, it's not like a 50-50 relationship anymore. Mm. Um, and I have noticed that even though I may have pulled back, but so have they. And there's no hard feelings there. It's just a shift in our relationship. So I can still be friends with them. Um, but the way we hang out and the way we communicate is very different. Mm. Where I draw a line when it comes to people who are married and have kids or get engaged or whatever it is, is when their attitude shifts towards single gals, when there's like a little bit of shame and judgment, when there's a little bit of talking down to or somehow they have amnesia and forget that they were one of us. Um, that's when I'm just like, hold up. Yeah, for um, sure. This is not okay because there's no shame in, we don't shame you for getting married and having kids mm. and choosing to stay at home. There's no shame in that. But then why are you, why is there now shame and judgment that you're throwing my way? Yeah. Um, for choices that I'm making just as the choices that you had to make yourself. Yeah. So that's where I draw the line in those friendships. Like that's where the boundary comes up for me. Um, because I don't like the shaming of other women's choices. Yeah. So that's so funny you say that because with some of my friends who are married and very settled down, they always come to me as a single friend with exciting stories. Yes. And it gets tiring being that friend because you're just obviously in the dating scene, it's very grim out there. So yeah. you're just like, well, you know what? I got ghosted. I got stood yeah. up, blah, 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 blah. And you're just vending all these like emotions and like, yes, it's a funny story in hindsight, but. Yeah. They bring nothing to the table. They're yeah. like, okay, cool. Thanks for filling up our gossip. So you're like a cir- like a circus that's coming yeah. to town. <laughs> They're like, okay, cool. We can now gossip about this or like yeah. we can now talk about this or we can have like an exciting story. It's exciting for them in hindsight, but for you in the moment, that was like painful I'm shit. Just like, but I'm also like, like give me some a story back. Like, yeah. you know, when you're with your single girls, you're all kind of relating to these stories. You're all kind of, you're having your turn at the therapy circle. Whereas with being the only single one in a room of like married women with children, they just, it's just you telling funny story after funny story, traumatic story after traumatic story, and them just kind of like feeding and lapping it up. Yeah. But then, okay, cool. Um, So how's your kid going? You know what I mean? Yeah, I get it. And not that their stories aren't exciting or anything, but... Sometimes I feel like they are just like, so like, what's Maybe going on just, with you? Um, like they live through you a little bit and yeah. like in reminisce of those days for themselves. Yeah. Cause I'm never like, so how's your marriage going? Yeah. Like shut up. <laughs> or even if I'm in a situation or relationship or whatever I'm in, there's no questions that are off limit. 
Yeah. Whereas like, you know, you put a ring on it or you're kind of a bit more serious. Yeah. And now you sort of can't ask about yeah. it as much. Yeah. I think that happens with a lot of people that get into long-term relationships or like, you know, after that point where, you know, they sort of officially become boyfriend and girlfriend, um, unless they come and bring something up, I don't feel like I should be asking. Yeah. So unless they'd be like, oh, something weird happened or whatever it is. Um, I just feel like, okay, well, like now it's more sacred between the two yeah. of you. Um, the board of directors have stepped out of this relationship. <laughs> do you know what yeah. I mean? Um, but there are like um, one of my super close friends who's been in a long-term relationship now for three years. And I have a very special relationship with her because she's been through the dating game. Dating was hell for her too. So she's very much can still relate to the single girls. Mm. Um, and I do still feel like I'm able to ask her about her relationship um, just because I've been there through the hell of mm. the previous ones. Um, but yeah, I think somehow it becomes more sacred after a certain point of the dating game when they've been together for a while now. And it's like, okay, unless you come to me, I don't feel like I should pry. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting. Different seasons. Different seasons. So another thing about the different seasons of people's lives and their friendship cycles is having two things, is empathy and communication. Um, just showing that understanding or showing that emotion that if someone in your life is going through something, the highs and the lows is that you're there for them. Um, and knowing that if you can't be there for them in their low points because you may not understand exactly what they're experiencing, that you do show an active listening ability in your friendship or empathy to the point of, well, you know, I may not be able to understand what you're going through, but, you know, maybe I can be there for you. We can go for a walk and you can vent to me or, you know, I can help you with like groceries or something. Sometimes friendships are not always equal because seasons in our lives can be very Mm. complicated. Um, but I think there are other ways you can show you know a commitment in your friendship with other acts of service um and communication or quality time with that person even if it's just going to a movie and taking their mind off their issues for like a couple hours yeah for sure agreed all right and um i think one of the other things that's important when it comes to friendships is if you have lost touch with someone and you do feel the need to reconnect with them what are the best ways that you can do that like how do what would you suggest and how you can reconnect with your, you know, friendships that you've lost contact with. I mean, the easiest is just connecting socially, like social media. I mean, it doesn't take a lot of effort to say, hey, like, how are you going? Or, you know, even heart react one of their stories or something, you know, yeah. like a man. <laughs> <laughs> just kind of like, you know, subtly yeah. be like, hey, mm-hmm. reach out. Yeah. And I think um, what I've noticed is that when I have friends from all over the world, um, the best way to like stay in touch is through their social posts. You know what I mean? And I love to see it when they reach out to me, like they like my stories or they like my posts or they comment on something. It just shows me that for that moment, for that second they saw it, they thought to reach out and that's yeah. nice enough. You know what I mean? Um, so I do appreciate those the most sometimes. Thank you. Yeah. There are going to be times where you find that you're more close to like two or three people. Um, and it's better to have quality over quantity in terms of friendships. So you want to be able to know that you have like a core group of people that you can relate to and call upon and like be completely yourself with versus having a large group of friends that you're always kind of not fake with, but it's more just like a socially like friends that you're social with versus friends that you actually have that deeper connection with. A hundred percent. And that's where I find moving through different seasons in my life right now, the friends who I've always just parted with 
it's just we're not relating anymore to anything mm. and it's always like even though we've been in, in each other's lives for like 10 years yeah. all we've done is surface level parties and yeah. now that all of us are growing older and we're kind of not really interested in partying as much and trying to hang out in other capacities it's kind of like we actually don't have anything in common yeah we're growing apart and like accepting that's okay as well that's okay yeah that's th- okay that is a okay look at us this is an are you okay day <laughs> no but i think I've had to come to that realization myself where there have been times where I've gone out for a meal with some friends that I haven't seen in ages and I can see that although we're having a good time and it's a lovely brunch moment, um, doesn't necessarily mean that I'm going to see this person a lot again. It's more just like I do have friends where I kind of see them once a year. Yeah. Um, just for like that yearly catch up. We go out for food. We have a really good time. And when I'm with them, I'm so happy to be with them and see them. But that doesn't mean that they're my bestest friend or I'm going to try to see them more often. Some people, they're okay for you to have distance with them. Yeah. Not because they're bad people, just because you may not be in the same place anymore. And yeah. that's okay. And I've had to come to that realization too. For sure. You know? So yeah, it's all relative. Um, well, that kind of concludes it for us when it comes to how to maintain your friendships in different social settings. Um, I did want to ask one final question, though. When it comes to reaching out your hand in a friendship that you want to maintain, that you want to keep going and you want to see this person, but you don't feel that reciprocation on the other end, how do you know when to pull away? Like, how do you know, okay, well, this isn't serving me anymore or I want someone who wants to hang out with me too? Um, or this is more one-sided how do you know when to pull back or how do you know when to keep reaching out your hand I feel like after a few times where you've said hey or you've started the conversation or you've organized dinner plans or whatnot if you notice you're always the first and only one to reach out every time I think just put a little test in there be like if I don't if I don't reach out to them first if I don't start the conversation let's see when they're gonna reach out to me and if they don't reach out, well, then you get your hands up. But if they do, then you can kind yeah. of like start getting that balance back. Agreed. And I think it's sometimes, you know, understandable if they're going through something. Yeah. Um, that's quite understandable. But I think in terms of the everyday life of people, if they aren't finding that time to talk to you or prioritize seeing you, um, then it's okay to pull it back away from that friendship and find people that want to be around you. And that will make you feel secure in your friendships with them. And not to say any of this is easy, um, but I think it's worthwhile to find people that you feel strong connections with. What is that pyramid of human needs, of happiness? Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Where's social on that? Being social is third on the pyramid, third overall. I'm smart. It's, yeah, (laughs) of course you are. (laughs) So it's third on the pyramid third high score overall um so friendship intimacy community and sense of belonging is third on that pyramid there you go right under safety and right before esteem (laughs) because sometimes friendships can destroy your self-esteem we don't have enough time to unpack toxic friendships but look catch us next week (laughs) cool 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 um should we do a little pop culture moment all right what are some pop culture moments that you felt are significant this week yeah, so Hugh Jackman wants his um, Hugh Jackman wants his wife, soon to be ex in the divorce, to sign an ironclad in quotation ironclad NDA in one hundred million dollars, not ten million, a hundred million dollars. 
Wait, ironclad NDA for $100 million. Yeah. What happened? That's what I want to know. Like, what secrets does she know? $100 million to not open your mouth about our relationship. Like, wild. What crazy... Like, I'm just... What, what, what secret is worth $100 million? That's crazy. Because the one thing that you can at least do after a divorce is talk to your friends and let them support you through that divorce. I just want to know what she knows. She needs to do a book. I'm sorry. She'll make more than $100 million. I hope million. that she doesn't take that and she does a tell-all. And you know, Hugh Jackman, I feel like he's got quite a squeaky clean image. He does. I really like him. Especially in Australia. Because yeah. he is, you know, obviously we don't get a lot of many people break it in Hollywood. So when we do, we really latch onto them. We so, do. Oh. Yeah. So I just want to know he what happened. He also seems like, I mean, obviously this is, this could be a public PR image, but he seems very chill. Like I, I make films and then I have my coffee shop in New York and I'm friends with Ryan Reynolds and that's my life. Like that's mm. what it seems like in the background. Yeah. So there's a few things that, you know, there's a few speculations. I'm on, you know, Reddit. We love a Reddit thread. Apparently he's got a long-term friendship with Rupert Murdoch. Okay. Do you know who that is? <laughs> I mean, yeah, but that's like, okay, but what kind of secrets does she know on from the Murdoch Empire that she can't talk about? I mean, isn't um like Rupert Murdoch controls the news? Yeah, but he's not really a good guy. I mean, that's an understatement. Of so the being friends with him, you know, yeah, what are you doing here? True. What your deals friends, have you made with the devil? Your friends are telling of your nature. Oh, and the Kushners. Full really? circle moment. With the Kushners. And the Kushners are obviously related to Donald Trump. Interesting. Uh, something about Brian Singer. Brian Singer was the director of the film, of the X-Men films, and he was quite problematic. How do you know this off the top of your head? Because I, um, <laughs> I really love the X-Men films, and so like I Google everything about him, and I know Brian Singer, he did the first three X-Men films, like he was the director on that. And apparently he was quite problematic on set with the female cast members. Um, so when it comes to Hugh Jackman and Brian Singer's relationship, they worked very closely together on most of the X-Men films. Yeah, how many films were there? I don't know, there's at least like five. That's <laughs> a lot of films. But he's also been featured in every single X-Men film, um, whether or not it's related to Wolverine, that was his character's name. Um, it's pretty well known that Brian Singer's behavior on set is pretty problematic when it comes to the female castmates. Mm. And Hugh Jackman himself said in The Independent, um, this was in January, he said, director Brian Singer's behavior on X-Men would not happen now. So... I mean, right between the lines. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, it would be quite disappointing if something came out with Hugh Jackman. I oh, think there definitely would be with the wife. If yeah, that's why he's they, really yeah. And the wife, I think they've been they've been married long term, like twenty seven years. Twenty seven years, damn. Um, so I think she would know everything. Like he would come back from filming, and obviously, as you would with your partner, yeah. just divulge or what happened. She would be there on set, like watching her husband work. The secrets she would know. Yeah, exactly. even the female castmates just combining in her. Of course. Do you know what I mean? Nah, this is um. Yeah, watch that space, I say. Would she be doing an injustice signing that NDA then? I think what she would have to consider, because she doesn't work, 
and a lot of her income came from Hugh Jackman's income. I mean, in the divorce alone, she'll already get a lot of money. Yeah. I don't know. I think it just depends on where her ethics lies. Like, does she does she feel like it would be beneficial for these secrets to be exposed for the industry, for women everywhere to know? Um, that's for her to decide. Like, we have no idea. Again, yeah. Hugh Jackman's been under the radar his whole life. There's been no news on Hugh Jackman aside from him adopting kids or him making movies. If so, you are surrounding yourself with people such as the Murdochs and Murdochs, Brian, Kushners and Brian Singer, like that for me is quite telling as is. For sure. Because Kushners are directly related to Donald Trump. They were working in the White House under his administration. Donald Trump's daughter, Ivanka Trump, is married to a Kushner. Um, obviously, Rupert Murdoch has his own notorious history. Um, and Brian Singer is, well, we know what he is without saying it. <laughs> So I'm just saying that if these are the people that you are surrounding yourself with, mm. it does put a light onto your own self, like character yeah. and your relationship with these people. Yeah. I guess in a divorce, you know, it always does get messy and fair enough. You want to protect yourself, but also my head can't stop spinning out of over a hundred million dollars. Yeah. And it's ironclad. Like there's no coming out of this NDA. I think there's going to be something explosive come out in like 10 years time. <laughs> 10 years. About the X-Men franchise. Which would be a damn shame because... A damn shame. I love X-Men. I've watched the animations. I read the comics. I used to. And the films are really good. But anyway, we digress. Get that on a t-shirt. Um, and that was our little pop culture moment. Yeah, Unless I mean, there's anything else, which I don't think there is. There's so much going on at all times. I just can't keep up. But that was the thing that just really... Stuck out. Yeah. Stuck out at me. Would you take it? Would you take the 100 million? It's hard to know it's what secrets know because, she's withholding. Yeah, I, I mean, I can't make that, you know. And but. also, if these women who, you know, uh, filed these um, claims against him we have come know. out and yeah. she hasn't supported them with what she knows anyway. Yeah. yeah. Like, you're already a bad person. So yeah. what... Obviously, you're going to sign that NDA. Unless like, unless it's not women-related, um, but in Hollywood, it usually is. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I can't make that judgment call. But if there were people that were put through harm mm. um, and that people that, you know, were tore down, um, whatever secret I knew, if it people were hurt because of the secret, then I would like to think I wouldn't take that money and I would go for the truth. But that is also the fact that I am not in this industry, in this world, so it's a very different outlook mm. for her, I'm sure. Well, I'm going to end with is there are some secrets in there worth $100 million. And if it's worth $100 million, or that's what she's willing to pay for it, what would she get going on tour, talking about <laughs> it, writing a book about it, going on talk shows about it? But does she, I don't think, honestly, she's probably not the type to, I, I mean, you I know. honestly have never seen, like, honestly, aside from... Deborah being married to Hugh Jackman. I don't know anything else about her. So, you know, and maybe that's a fault on me thinking, oh, she's, mm -hmm. you know, Hugh Jackman's wife. But I don't know anything about her aside yeah. from being Hugh Jackman's wife. Anyway. So, yeah. Uh, watch this face. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. She'll probably sign out. it and then we'll never hear about it again. But, yeah. That's it. That's it for today. Alrighty, guys. Well, um, we'll catch you next week. Please follow us on Instagram, on TikTok, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye, guys.